All right, it's the Keefe to the City Yankees podcast, and it's been a while. It's been since the end of November, right before Major League Baseball imposed a lockout on the players uh, that we've had, the Keefe to the City Yankees podcast, and uh, there's supposed to be baseball this week. There's supposed to be spring training this week. Pitchers and catchers are supposed to report this week, and that's not going to happen. And it was going to be the first time with the extended NFL season that you could go right from the Super Bowl into spring training. No, no downtime, no quiet period, no, it was supposed to be a seamless transition. Super Bowl on Sunday, a couple of days off, pitchers and catchers report. And instead, there's no baseball, there's nothing, there's nothing. There's been nothing since the first day of December, and now it's the middle of February, and the owners and players are nowhere close to making a deal. So they have here two weeks, pretty much to get a deal done to make sure that the season starts on time. That doesn't seem likely. The season's most likely not going to start on time, which then you're going to get a condensed schedule or you're going to get some nonsense where they're playing seven fucking inning double headers each week. Something that just should have shouldn't happen. Should have never gotten to this point. Should have been avoided, could have been avoided. But it was a, it was a fight that everyone knew was coming at some point and now it's here. And it doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon. And with that, the Yankees roster remains pretty much the same as it was in their last game of 2021 when they were embarrassed in Boston in the wild card game. Minus Brett Gardner, minus Anthony Rizzo. So really the roster is worse off right now than it was then. The Yankees sat on their hands while the rest of the league went wild before the Lockout was imposed, signing every big-name free agent almost, leaving them very limited options at shortstop, which is the most important decision they have to make. Do they sign Carlos Correa? Do they sign Trevor Story? Do they sign a one-year stopgap? Do they wait for Peraza or Volpe, hoping that Peraza or Volpe is the answer for the future? It's the most important thing they'll do this offseason. And from there, they have to figure out what to do at first base, they have to figure out what to do at catcher. Are you going to fucking let Gary Sanchez play? Are you going to continue to hold him back? Are you really going to go into another season with Aaron Hicks as the expected everyday center fielder, only to eventually be let down when he misses a significant amount of time, which he will do? It's a fact that he will miss a good portion of the season because he's done that in every single season of his career. So there's a lot of questions to be answered, and none of them can be answered right now. So it's all speculation. Because no one can be signed, no one can be traded for, no major league roster moves can be made. So you just have to wait. Wait and hope that this team doesn't actually run it back with the same roster, which Brett Gardner suggested he wants them to do after the wild card game, and which they're most likely going to do, because it's the easiest path for them to take. It's the easiest path, it's the cheapest path, which will make Hal Steinbrenner happy. But it doesn't make them better. It makes them worse. And they will only be that much further removed from getting back to the World Series. So with really not much going on right now, other than the speculation and dreaming of baseball on March 31st with the Yankees opening in Texas, Andrew Otandi of Bronx Pinstripes joined me to talk about the offseason, the state of things in baseball, and the moves the Yankees should make once there is baseball again. So let's get to it. All right. And joining me today to talk 
Yankees baseball or, you know, what there is of to talk about Yankees baseball at this point in the offseason is Andrew Otondi of Bronx Pinstripes and the Bronx Pinstripes podcast. Andrew, how's it going? How's the offseason going with oh, really no end in sight? Just dandy. You know, the, I, I know it's technically a lockout, so it's not a strike yet, but I personally am on strike until the Yankees get <laughs> shortstop. Well, he might be on strike for a couple of years because uh, I don't know if that's that, that's no going to happen. Stop, no shortstop on the major league roster. You know, it's going to no be, be hard for me to really get behind this team as a serious World Series contender. <laughs> it, it's weird because in normal years, there's usually that lull after the Super Bowl where there's like nothing going on except, you know, I'm, as an NHL fan, a Rangers fan, I, I guess I'm in the minority, but there's a two week period where there's nothing going on before pitchers and catchers, but this year with the extended NFL season, it was supposed to be go right from the Super Bowl to spring training. That's not going to happen because no one's reporting in a few days with no CBA signed. Uh, it was supposed to be a, a great time. It's supposed to go like a two day lull. Pitchers and catchers start, and we can start thinking about baseball instead. Uh, I don't know. I don't know when there'll be baseball. I'm not optimistic about the situation. I, I know that everyone saying, "Oh, as long as they get a deal by March 1st, they'll be able to get the four weeks in." March 1st is like two weeks away. I don't I don't see how, how the season's starting on March 31st like it's supposed to. No, I mean, I agree. If they can get something around March 1st, like in reality, they don't need much more than four yeah. weeks to do to do spring training. They can cram a bunch of, you know, double uh, double header spring training games in and stuff like that. And even if the season needs to be pushed back a week, they'll just make it up with fucking bullshit seven inning double headers or whatever so i think we will if we get something done soon if they get something done soon they will do 162 games the issue is they're not even close (laughs) and these two sides move like molasses and it's like they operate as if they have all the time in the world and they're just like waiting for the other side to blink and it's just so infuriating that in 2022 they 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 take so long to do things like it's a joke. Oh, Tony Clark is drafting a, a memo to respond to the, the <laughs> MLB owners telegram from freaking like three weeks ago. It's just, he's like, going to send it. He's going to send it as a letter. They're not going to get it for a few days. It's complete. It's a joke. It's so asinine. And that's just like, that's just sums up MLB basically for the past, basically since they fought during the, the pandemic over over the short season. It's just like, it, I hate both sides equally. <laughs> you go back to that, and whenever when that was going on, everyone's like, oh, they'll figure it out. There's too much money to lose here, even though it was a pandemic, even though it wasn't going to be fans. And then everyone's like, well, wait till after 2021 because it's only going to get worse. And from the time they had to figure out the pandemic to the CBA ending this time was about 18 months of time where they could have been actively working on making sure this exact situation didn't happen. And rather than just extend the CBA and work under the old CBA until they could figure out a new one, the commissioner and the owners went ahead and locked out the player. So now we're in this spot where, like you said, they're so far apart in everything. I don't know how... They figure that out here in the next, what, 15 days they have really to figure it out if they want to start the season on time. And then, like you said, they'll probably figure something out where they start playing fucking seven inning games on Sundays or something. It's like, let's, we need to get away from that shit. We need to get away from the seven inning nonsense, the runner on fucking second in the 10th inning. Like, that needs to be a thing of the past. That can't continue. I mean, I, I really, I got to the point where I can only. I can only care about regular season baseball so much. If they play a couple of uh, seven inning doubleheaders in the regular season or do the extra inning rule in the regular season, like 
whatever. It's it's like a Tuesday against the Royals. <laughs> like I can only care so much, right? My bigger problem is just that it's just uh, over and over again with the owners and the players fighting over what shouldn't be huge issues, right? It's not like back in the 70s when they were implementing free agency and it was like a massive change to the entire structure of the league. No, this is this they're they're arguing over a few million dollars basically when you look at it. Like minimum salary, they want to raise it. The the extra pool money for the pre-arbitration players. Like yes, I understand that this all has long-term run ramifications and that the owners will be paying more money to the players. However, they're not going broke. And if they're saying they're going broke, then guess what? Sell your $3.3 billion team, okay? Right. And get out. Get out with get out with a cool three bill if you're really yeah. struggling for some money. I like how the other day Rob Manfred said that you're better off putting your money in the stock market than owning a Major League Baseball team. And then right away everyone started you know, uh, sending out screenshots of the Braves' public statements of, of Q3 and how much money they made because they're the one team that has to you know, uh, disclose their financials. And it's it's so embarrassing that that it's come to this. And for the Yankees, because that's what both of us care about, you have Hal Steinbrenner publicly saying in the last few months that he is working personally to lower the luxury tax threshold in the game, something that benefits him as owner of the Yankees to have it as high as possible because the team has more financial resources than any other team. They make more money than any other team. And you have the owner of the Yankees saying that he wants to go backwards. He wants to lower the threshold. And the Yankees' payroll this past season was essentially in line with what it was 17 years ago. So all through that time, you know, yes, this may Ticket prices haven't remained stagnant. Beer prices haven't remained stagnant. Merchandise prices haven't remained stagnant. So the owners just keep their revenue stream is going higher and the players remain the same. So I don't understand how anyone could be on the owner's side of this thing and say, oh, baseball players make too much. Oh, they're greedy. No, they're, they're making money relative to what the owners are making and they should be making more. Well, I think that most people are on the side of the players as any time you have owners and players in any league fighting over something the general public sides with the players because it's easier to imagine yourself as a player than it is an owner. Like we're closer to being players than they are, than we are owners just in our like everyday life. Right. We're not close to either, but just like, if you have to pick one that you're closer to, like, and you probably had a dream as a kid to, to play shortstop for the Yankees, not to own the Yankees. Like that's your dream when you're seven (laughs) years old. So everyone can, can more relate to the players. But I don't think they're innocent in all of this. Like I, I don't think that they have, they have in other things other than the economic issues, tried to make the game better with all the different like rule testing and stuff. I'm not talking about like the seven inning double headers, but like pitch clock. They have always like rejected that outright. Any anything that like could potentially speed up the game slightly, try and get it to three hours instead of three hours and forty minutes every night. They just like outright reject. And so, and I know why they reject it. They reject it because on principle, they're making a point like, oh, if you're not going to give us the economic issues, we're not going to give you any of this other crap. And so you just have two sides that are just like completely on opposite ends of the spectrum that can't agree on anything. I was joking on Twitter the other day. It's like, can they even agree that they hate each other? I don't think think they would say that they disagree on things. They would be like, well, you know, we have differing opinions, but I wouldn't call it a disagreement. It's like, no, you two, you hate each other. Admit it. Admit it and let's move forward. 
well, back when the lockout began, uh, I wrote a blog about how it was not a bad thing for me because all to that point, all I had done really was watch a miserable Yankees team in 2021. Watch them. Watch. It was so unenjoyable. We watched them lose a playoff game that everyone knew they were going to lose unless you were the biggest fucking Homer optimist of all time. You knew they were going to lose that game. You had to watch the Rays go down to the Red Sox. You had to watch the Red Sox almost go back to the World Series. Then you had to watch a Braves team that, you know, cuts payroll and doesn't necessarily do things the the right way, win the World Series to only further cement the Steinbrenner's point that you don't need this massive payroll to win. Then we had to have Aaron Boone get rehired. We had to watch every big name free agent almost come off the board, not go to the Yankees. So by the time the, the lockout started, I was like, good, I, I fucking need a break from this. I need a break from like the nonsense of being a Yankees fan every day, even in the offseason. And now here we are, and I'm like, okay, that was two plus months ago. You know, I'm ready for for baseball to come back. I, I want it to come back. I want spring training to start. But when it comes to the 2022 Yankees, it seems like we're gonna get <laughs> even when this thing ends. I know people are saying, oh, once free agency begins again, it's gonna be crazy. No one has any idea of what the Yankees are gonna do. I don't know necessarily know if they know what they're gonna do, but I have a real bad feeling that. The 2021 roster is going to be pretty much the 2022 roster. Yeah, I, I fear that as well. And I think they got caught with their pants down when all of the free agents were flying off the board. I don't think they thought that was no. going to be the market. I think uh, Cashman might have thought, oh, we're heading for a lockout, so no no one's going to spend. And, and that's the opposite of what happened. No, I don't know if – maybe Correa has been their target all the whole time. And like, they, they don't care that the other guys went off the board. I have a hard time believing that. I think that they just got caught off guard. The Rangers spent big on, on two middle infielders. The, the Tigers are spending money. And here, here are the Yankees just twiddling their thumbs. Like, Oh, Oh, you're going to, we don't still have a shortstop. Don't really have a first baseman. Don't have a center fielder. Don't have a catcher that you'll actually play. So you're, you're without literally, literally like four key positions on the field. You don't right. have on the roster. Right. And and for the old adage that you build a championship team up the middle, they have Gary Sanchez, who they won't play. They don't have a shortstop. Glaber Torres is going back to second base. He hasn't been a productive hitter in two years, and they don't have a center fielder. So built up the middle, they don't they don't have a middle. And what's what scares me the most is after they lost to the Red Sox, and I'm sitting there and I'm pissed off. The season ended. Another humiliating October loss to the Red Sox. And you have Brett Gardner in his fucking uniform, keeping it on like he's Wayne Gretzky on his final game, like thinking like this might be his last game. And he says, you know, I, I'd like to come back and, and I hope we get the chance to run it back with this team. And at that moment, I was more upset than when they lost the game because it, I started to think like they're going to they might fucking run it back. And then I listened to Aaron Boone's uh on CC Sabathia's podcast recently, and he talks about, you know, are we going, like, he asked this question, like, rhetorically, like, are we going to largely look similar to what we looked like last year? That's exactly what he said. And I said, like, they're going to fucking do it. They're going to bring the same fucking team back that, that hasn't been good for five years, and they're going to try to win again with the same team. In the press conference, when Aaron Boone was rehired, he spoke, uh, what, thir like 45, Cashman spoke and then Boone spoke. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Cashman spoke and said, this roster is not good enough to win a championship. And then 45 minutes later, Aaron <laughs> Boone said, we have what we need to win a championship. No, What? Did you listen to what the general manager said? Are you two even speaking? Do you guys understand? Like, 
first of all, use your eyes. You don't, okay? You were a 500 team, and if not for a 13-game win streak in August, you would have missed the playoffs, okay? So you don't have what you need to win a championship. You're not even close. You weren't close in 2020. You weren't close. I mean, you were close in 2019, but the team that won 103 games or whatever it was wasn't the team that was designed in 2019 they had a bunch of guys kind of come out of nowhere and the whole um whatever they called it like the replacement well, I don't know, yeah the, the replacement the, next man up thing. next man up mentality yeah. that's, that's what i was looking for so you, you really have only gone downhill since you got hired boone and if right. you think this roster is good enough to win a world series you're delusional you're just delusional right yeah, and there's <laughs> a lot of talent on the team but it's not a good team no, it's not. And it it brings me back to like when we started doing podcasts together like six, seven years ago, talking about how unlikable those Yankees teams were before like the core hit and we thought, oh shit, they're gonna fucking go on a run here. They're getting back to that level. I mean, they're not at you know, there's they're still a good team. We're not like they're not missing the playoffs, they're not, you know, barely finishing above five hundred, but they're not far away from that. And the way Aaron Boone talks about things that, oh, the margin of error is slim. Oh, the margin of error between them and the team that wins is slim. It's not fucking slim. It's not slim. Like, yes, you are built in theory to go out and beat the shit out of, you know, number three and four and five starters of bad teams for the whole entire summer. But then when you face elite pitching every night, you're not, you're not equipped to do that. And a team like the Red Sox last year that I was just waiting to come back down to earth the entire season, they never did. They had no problem beating up on elite pitching. And th if not for that Jose Altuve home run in game four, they might have just beat the Astros in five games. We might be sitting here with the Red Sox having won fucking a fifth time since 2004. That's how close they were. Their margin of error was slim. They, they were close. The Yankees were not close. And you could say, okay, well, they finished with the same record and, and all that. But it, like you said, it came down to really a two-week period where they went on this run at, at the end of July and early August. And outside of that, the season was a disaster. It was awful. It was so unenjoyable. The first two months of the season, they were sloppy. It wasn't just that they weren't hitting and, and got off to you know cold starts, which I think is a cliche, but also understandable. They, they would boot the ball around. They'd make countless errors. They'd make <laughs> so many outs in the base paths. And I've said this a million times on, on my podcast, but it's like, that's coaching. Like, that's just not being ready to start the season when when Judge is getting thrown out at third base at Camden Yards. And, and these guys are, like, booting the ball around. Glaber Torres is making, like, four errors in three innings in Detroit. It's like, your head is up your ass. And that has to go to the coaching staff that just, like, yeah – basically telling them you, your guy's shit doesn't stink. You don't even have to try. You don't have to be ready for the season. You're just going to roll out of bed and win. No, you come out once again and you're 500 on May 15th and you're staring up at the Rays who are on pace to win 100 games. And guess what? You're not going to catch them because they have a manager who can manage circles around you. Their roster is far more talented in better ways than you. They have 17 guys in the major leagues that can strike you out, and then another 40 in the minor leagues who can just strike any of them out. You have no chance against that team. And I saw some projections. Fan oh, I saw them too. The Fangraphs ones? What are they? What the fuck? I was, when I clicked the link to see it, I'm like, they're going to have the Yankees in fourth place. They have them in first. First. So no I was like, what stop. team are you looking at? No what team are you stop. looking at? The There's no fucking middle. The Rays going from 100 wins to 88 wins. Why? 
Right. Why? The, but what, the, what's what crazy is those types of projections are what the Yankees use. So when things yes. don't go the way the projections don't, they're like, well, the math is right. Fucking something just went wrong. It's like, no, you just like, look at the fucking team you built. It's not, it's not any good. It's not any good. And people talk about, okay, well, what if LeMahieu bounces back and Glaber? What if they don't? What, what if they don't bounce back? Like, yes, they, they may. Better. Like, what if they, what if Glaber Torres is just a 270 hitter? Yeah, and you think you're going to get a full season out of Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton again? There's a better chance you get a full season out of Aaron Hicks than you do both of those guys again. Right. Judge had MVP caliber season. Stanton had an MVP caliber second half after he started right. playing in the outfield. They got, I, I forget the exact number, but like you said, pretty much full healthy seasons out of out of both of those guys. And I think Stanton, I hope Stanton plays the outfield next year. Like He I, should. He the fuck are we doing? What are you waiting for? He's he's 31 years like what are you are you trying to prolong his career? Who gives a fuck how many more years he plays? Your wind like the window I mean, I don't even know if there's a window anymore. It's like it's like being held up by like a, a twig and a fucking piece of duct tape. Yeah, but <laughs> right now, if like you need John Carlos Stanton right now to if playing the outfield helps him right now, who if he gets hurt, fucking so be it. There's we're not <laughs> you can't be thinking about like 2025 and 26 now. That that ship has sailed. You you fucked up the the last five years. Like every every game, every day that's wasted now is a missed opportunity where we're gonna be headed back to 2013 and 14 pretty soon <laughs> I, I as much as those teams were pitiful i actually kind of liked rooting for them more than i like <laughs> rooting for the 2021 yankees like give me some vernon wells action but, yeah because the 2021 yankees were the odds on favorite to win the world series like they it was them and the dodgers and then like right before the season started the dodgers were a heavier favorite but the yankees were still the american league favorite and in turn they finished fucking fourth in their division because yeah or, or third because they finished even with the red sox but really behind them because they had to go on the road and they finished fifth in the american league and you were supposed to win the al and you your fucking postseason lasted 23 minutes when Xander Bogarts and, and hit that home run in the first inning. Some, I bet some managers will post, you know, bulletin board material to fire their team up. Aaron Boone just posts the projections. Like, see, you guys are supposed to. Yeah, be you're supposed, supposed to be good. To we'll get it going. We'll get it rolling here when we turn that corner. And, and that's the problem is, obviously, I did not want Aaron Boone back. I, I didn't want Aaron Boone after the 20s. There's no way I thought he would come back here after what's going on the last four years to bring him back on a three-year deal with a four-year option. Like, it's it's fucking mind-blowing. And I don't think I've been as mad about... Probably after, like, the 04 ALCS, him, the day he got rehired here is probably, like, the second most upset I've been in that amount of time. And <laughs> that it's it's just unbelievable that, like, the Yankees are just, like, we don't give a fuck. We're like status quo is fine. We we have not gotten the That's job done under him and we're gonna keep it going. We're just gonna keep it going with the same guy who hasn't done a good enough job. And yes, he's not throwing the ball, he's not hitting, he's not pitching, but it's his whole mentality and mindset where after every loss the pitcher had great stuff and there's always tomorrow and there was always tomorrow until there isn't. And he has created this this mentality for the entire team if you listen to any yankee in a post-game press conference talk it sounds just like their fucking manager where don't worry we'll get him tomorrow oh i I, met, I made a bad pitch i shouldn't have you know tried to steal third with fucking two outs in the seventh just and he's he's created this culture that losing is okay and they're all comfortable losing yeah it's it's again i point to every single season under boone has had a horrible start to the season so 
like like that's a problem you're right it's it's a mentality that he brings that i i don't think is good for this group of guys ultimately i still do believe that it's it's the players on the field that have more of an impact than the manager which i'm, I'm sure you believe as well so when cashman in the postseason in the after the season press conference said you know we're bringing boom back for three years but this roster needs a major overhaul we need major changes i kind of got hopeful because i could see a world where if the roster is gutted basically and you just keep the guys who are really good and you really change a lot of pieces for it you get a different style of lineup so it's not right-handed strikeout heavy yeah this team could win a championship with boone because i think largely managers are neutered right. at this point but then we're sitting here and the even even though there's a lockout where it is february 13th as we're talking and the roster is basically identical as it was as the wild card game lost to the red Sox. it's worse so, it's actually so worse why why should i be hopeful for this season if i just watched that team not be good enough for four straight years why should i be hopeful for 2022 i, I don't yeah. i don't have a reason i have not found a reason to be hopeful for 2022 yet well you bring up a great point in that I sort of had that optimism too. It's like, okay, if Cashman's going to go out and rebuild this roster and give us something new, okay, then Aaron Boone can, like, I don't want him there, but he's there, and I have to deal with that. But you can't bring the same fucking thing back. And to to give him the rebuilt roster, to give him a team that can actually win a championship, not him just lying that his team is championship caliber, they're not, do you need a shortstop? And now there's two options. They either, have, they either sign Trevor Story or they sign fucking Carlos Correa. That's it, because Corey Seager, the guy I wanted, is off the board. He's gone. So you have two choices. They're not going to go with either. They're going to go with someone who can hold it down until Peraza or Volpe's ready, which is a fucking enormous roll of the dice. And this is basically going back to three years ago when they didn't even talk to Bryce Harper because they had, you know, they had Judge, they had Stanton, they had Clint Frazier waiting in the wings. And what happened with Frazier? They ended up cutting him loose for nothing. What if Peraza and Volpe don't pan out like a million other prospects who are these highly touted high-end prospects didn't pan out? And you're passing on two guys in their fucking prime who could help you for the foreseeable future and all it will cost is money which you have more of than any other team i just i just don't see how they go out and sign correa or sign story because then they're going to blame it on oh well we had to extend judge there's always going to be something i i can see a stopgap there maybe they go out and they trade for matt olson maybe they somehow can lure freddie freeman i think first base is where the change is made i think we're getting some shitty ass shortstop for fucking well, 2022 if I, I, I listen, signing Correa or Trevor Story, I understand like just on paper that makes you a lot better. I don't want to sign Carlos Correa. I, I don't I, either. But I, but they've they've boxed themselves into this position where it's either that or pray that Peraza and Volpe are good enough. But like, would you because I would be okay if you make a trade for a competent major league shortstop. He doesn't need to be an all star. Like just someone who can field the position and hit ninth like i'd be cool with if you do other things around the the, the team to to prop it up right like in uh in my offseason like you know uh fantasy plans i said trade for paul de young the cardinals are gonna possibly move on from him he's at least like a competent major league defensive shortstop who you can hit eighth or ninth and not not be worried about right but you then need to do other things around the team you need another outfielder. You need a real first baseman. And you need to do something at catcher. You, need, you either need to say Gary Sanchez is a starting catcher or you need to get him off the team. Because I'm not dealing with this Higgy, 
Sanchez. Oh yeah, you are. Get ready for get ready for the Gardner Higgy. Ridiculous! It is the most ridiculous thing about this team that they have a quote unquote starting catcher who does not start. Who doesn't start? And then he and then he pinch hits in the eighth inning and has to always bail out the fucking other starter. You get after the the they let Higgy hit. One more. They were dead. Cole's out of yeah. the game in the wild card game. Right, it's six to one or whatever it is. They let Higgy get another at bat. I don't like, even know. He, I, and I think Odor hit before him. Like it was so fucking poorly managed. Every pitcher in that game, he let go one batter too long. Fuck the whole. But that's that's beside the point. They, you, they were gonna, whether they won that game or not, they were going to get right. They're going to get trounced by the Rays. Yeah, yeah. You, you're going to get a lot of Gardner seventh, Higgy eighth. Paul DeYoung for you, ninth. That's going to be like but 70 agree, games. Because like, you know Stan's not playing the outfield. Fucking Hicks will play 23 games and then probably need a reconstructive knee surgery. So let, let's be honest. Someone saying all they need is 130 games out of Aaron yeah. Hicks. All I need is a trillion dollars. <laughs> all I need to do is hit the lottery and then I'll be cool. Yeah. Aaron Hicks should be like the fourth outfield. Like you should be planning that Aaron Hicks is the fourth outfielder and whatever you get out of him is a bonus. If you, if the Yankees are thinking that Aaron Hicks is their starting center fielder again in 2022, they're already behind. They're already two steps behind. So you need a center fielder because then you have, okay, Aaron Hicks is your starting center fielder. He will be hurt. So when he's hundred percent, it's a hundred, it's a fact. It's a fact. So when he's hurt, who plays center field? Judge plays center field every day? Does no, Brett Gardner's back. Day? Fucking Gardy party Brett again. Gardner is 40 years old. He can't I love what Gardner will be back. He'll be hitting 153 on July 23rd, and then he'll homer in back-to-back games, and people will be like, see, this is fucking why you bring it back. Then the question, do you think Brett Gardner will get a monument? Yeah, if Brett Gardner gets a monument, that'll be the fucking last time I, I go I to a Yankee stadium. seriously need to consider retiring number 11. <laughs> to be honest, he probably should get a monument because the guy's like fucking barely in the league for the last 10 years and he keeps being an everyday player for the New York Yankees. It's almost like hats off to him. Like he's made $100 million like being okay for most of his career. And then when they had the Super Bowl, saved his career and then they took it away and now he sucks again. I was joking the other day that, like, it's really not much difference between, like, Brett Gardner and Bubba Crosby. Brett Gardner just worked <laughs> out slightly more, so he's stuck in the league a long yeah. time. Yeah, and, and right now, certainly, there's no season. I mean, there's no fucking league right now. Baseball doesn't exist, so it, it's I can't get too fired up about the roster, but I am just because it's going to take a blockbuster trade or a huge signing to make this team, for you know, really right, that much better. That. Because if they, they have, get Paul DeYoung and that's it, then, no, yeah, no, no, they no. change their roster and no, 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 we're no. fucked. But, but, okay, let's use Paul DeYoung as just, like, a proxy defensive uh, shortstop. Whoever. Whoever you want to say. Defensive shortstop, you bring in Freddie Freeman, okay? And that means you have – and then I think you got to trade Luke Voigt because at that point like, – Yeah, Luke Voigt, I mean, if Luke Voigt comes back again, it's like, what, what are we doing? He's just going to sit on the bench, so it's, it's pointless. Then, so you have Freddie Freeman, Glaber – DeYoung or someone at shortstop and then DJ and Gio to basically play the rest of the infield at various times. Like, I think that is a big upgrade in, in the infield while you let the prospects develop at shortstop. Like I'd be okay with that plan. If you then also get a center fielder, doesn't have to be an all-star center fielder. doesn't have to be Marte, Let I know who's off the board like to the Mets. Like everyone was like, Oh, sign Marte. Like, no, just get someone who can play defensively in center field. And then you play the rest of the guys in the outfield on rotation. 
and that will work. Someone who's not going to be injured and can play good defensive center field. That's all I want. And I think that monster <laughs> is capable of winning. Yeah. The problem is the biggest uh, piece to that puzzle is getting Freeman, and it's probably like, what, 90-something percent that he just goes back to the Braves anyway. So to make that yeah. viable, otherwise if he doesn't come, then what do you do? Then is Luke Voigt the first baseman? Like, no, they're Luke very close. First baseman, and he will the, also be hurt. <laughs> the most likely scenario is they run it back because it's so hard to, to like, to get Freeman is hard. He'll probably go back to the Braves. To find, to trade for a, a, a good starting center fielder or someone who can play, like, that's not, that's not easy. The starting pitching options, even the bad options are fucking off the board. Like, it's so hard to, to make this team better right now. Signing Freddie Freeman really isn't the smartest thing. They should have signed no, a shortstop because Freddie Freeman locks up one position. Whereas if you wanted some flexibility, you don't sign a first baseman because you have Voigt and LeMahieu who can play first base. But and Freddie Freeman's thirty-two. Like he's not twenty-eight I, I and going him. on a run here. But I, also I love him. him. I love him. I'd, I'd sign him right now. I'd, I don't care. Overpay for him. I love him. But. Like you said, he, he's not the smart move. It's almost like, well, we fucked up the other thing, so now we're going to try to fix it with this other move. And I do think it would fix it in the short term because I think he's a fantastic, obviously fantastic uh, defensive player, but he's what this lineup needs. He doesn't strike out a ton. He has left-handed power. Like, prototype for the Yankees, what they need. But just for flexibility's sake, it's not the optimal thing for this roster. No, it's not. And a lot of the infield issues are because they're accommodating Glaber Torres, who can't fucking play shortstop. So they're like, okay, go back to playing second base, which he doesn't play that well either. And you're accommodating a guy whose bat is not worth accommodating anymore. He has not been a good bat since the end of 2019. So yes, the pandemic season was a shortened season. Yes, okay, last year was just one year, but that's we're, he was 20 time he was really good and now he's going to be 25 and yes he's still young but that's that was a long time ago that that glaber torres was really good so do you trade glaber no but you can't because he has no fucking value no, so it's like there's i think he still has value i saw people say like oh uh maybe they could do a change of scenery like glaber for cody bellinger you think the fucking well, dodgers are trading cody <laughs> bellinger well, so people are stupid but he, i still think he has trade value like and okay, so you got that seven hundred OPS, and he he he's bad defensively. Let's let's. I think there's a scenario where you get a team to trade you some assets for him, and if you sign a first baseman, then your infield is Freddie Freeman, DJ LeMahieu, someone at shortstop, and and Geo. That's fine as well. Like I, I'm not saying I'm not locked in. On, I mean, two years ago you said trade Glaber Torres, like he's the most untradeable yeah. on the team. He was he was the future of the team. He was the most important player on the Yankees two years ago. It's just not the case anymore. And and it took them took them five and a half months to realize he can't play shortstop. Yeah, to all, game game one forty four, they decided that we're not letting this happen anymore. It's like we all knew that uh, a year ago, but cool, right. cool guys. It took it took yeah. until until September to realize it. They were like we they're like oh Gio can't play shortstop every day, but now we're gonna play him two weeks left in the season when we have to win every single game, and then in the postseason he'll play it as well. It's 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 crazy and and he's just the tip of the, the nonsense. With Glaber's gone backwards, Gary Sanchez has gone backwards, Clint Frazier is gone for nothing, and Duhar doesn't even play. Aaron Hicks is always hurt. Like everything that has that every positive thing in the last three seasons for this team has taken drastic steps backward, and that's a indictment on Boone, on Cashman, on the front office, on the player department that. What Boone inherited was a team that was one win away from the World Series. And ever since then, they have gone 
drastically backwards. Like so, like they're barely a playoff team, and to see them fucking projected on fan graphs in twenty twenty, right? So if twenty twenty right, right. regular playoff rules, they don't make the playoffs. And even if you if you if twenty twenty was a full season, people forget Judge Stanton and Hicks were going to miss the first half of the year because of injuries. Like right. they weren't even if they played the full season, they were going to miss it. They probably they might have ruined their uh you know thirty year whatever since nineteen ninety two or ninety three you know winning winning records like that would have been in jeopardy because they weren't going to get Cameron Maybin and Mike Ford and fucking Mike Talkman to hit you know have a thousand OPS for an entire month again it just this team is is just not in a good spot and there's really not very many things to feel good about like am I supposed to start feeling good about Anthony Volpe and Austin Wells like what the what are what are we doing yeah and that's the problem is so many people would just be happy they're happy with They'd rather have the Yankees lead the league in, you know, weighted runs created than actually fucking win games. Like, th- that's a huge problem. Can I also address the elephant in the room for this team? What if, without sticky stuff, Garrett Cole is not a top three pitcher? And he's yeah, just, it's a, it's and a he's real just, strong possibility. He's just, he's just really good, but, you know, 15th best in the league. Not yeah, he's three. like the guy who was on the Pirates who was like, yeah, he's okay. Like, yeah, some days he's great, and a lot of times he's okay. Everyone's like, oh, like, you saying he can't pitch anymore? He pitched a complete game in Houston after the sticky stuff. Yeah, I know that. And then he went out the next day, the next time, and gave up five runs in four innings. Like, right. that's the point. With sticky stuff, every night, it was seven innings, ten strikeouts, one run. Without sticky stuff, sometimes he gets crushed. So, like... And with, and, and with the sticky stuff, without it against the Red Sox, he never pitched well. Even when he was on Houston, he didn't pitch well. That's a big fucking problem. He was bad against Toronto, Tampa, and Boston this year. Okay. Right. Yeah, the, the two, three, the three teams, teams you have to beat. The three teams you have to beat in your division, he was bad in 2020. And, and I get that I down the stretch. I don't, I'm not saying he sucks, but what if he's not a top three pitcher? This, that's also a huge factor on this team. They yeah. need Garrett Cole to win every game he pitches. And that's the thing is everyone's talking about, oh, they need another starter after him. Like, what if Severino's hurt again? What, yeah, what if Garrett Cole's not who he used to be? Like, then, then they actually are, then there's nothing to feel good about with the rotation because Tyone's coming back from another surgery. Severino's pitched like 23 innings in three years. Garrett Cole, who knows what you're going to get out of him at this point? Like, Corey Kluber's on the Rays. He'll probably fucking win Cy Young. Like, it's just, I don't know what to feel good about right, right now. Like, what, what is there to feel good about? Is it not like there's nothing? There's nothing that Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton might be great again. Yeah, they also might each play 83 games. I, I think Judge is something to feel really good about. I, I do think that he, they, he or they, figured something out last year to keep him healthier. Yoga. Like, no, I think there was like a load management plan with him, and like I criticized it earlier in the season where he was like, "Oh, he can't play." You know, two days in a row. Well, in week two of the season, he was fucking had rib problems. But you know what? I'll deal with him sitting out Sunday games in Tampa if it means he's going to play 145 games and put up MVP numbers. Like, I don't care at that point. But it's like, is that going to happen again? I don't know. I think he's the best player on the team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. He's When he's going like he did this year, he's a top, what, 10, maybe even higher, 7 player in the league? He's a top 5 player in the league, I think. Uh, Nothing was better than last year when he missed the game because of, uh, like, he didn't didn't travel well. Like, from Baltimore to New York, he sat oddly on the plane. And as annoying as that stuff is, I think what they did kept him on the field. And so I ate my words at the end of the season because the whole season I said, if he's healthy – 
through September and plays, then I, I have to eat my words. And I did. So fine. You did a good job there, and he's he's their best player, one of the best players in the league. That's to feel good about. Okay. One guy. <laughs> and, and if Stanton plays the outfield, let's call it three days a week. That should be the plan. Three days a week, outfield. Four days a week, off off outfield. He, he's a, he was I, like – what did he have? Like a thousand OPS in the second half of the season, or something crazy? Like, yeah, he's a, he's a monster. I heard about it every night on social media from all the stand people asking me, like, thing him now. It's like, yes, but like when I chirped him in in eighteen and nineteen, twenty, he deserved it. Like he he wasn't playing, and when he was playing, he wasn't great. So it's like well, he he earned that. Good, he was good in eighteen. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was all right. And then, you know, what did he hit? Thirty home runs. But he was coming off of the fifty-seven homer season, and he and you were just expecting more. Yeah, he was good until that at bat against Craig Kimbrell in in Game Four, which will you'll never forget that one. You're gonna get the embarrassing strikeouts from him, but again, Stanton's not the problem on this team. No, not the problem on this team. There's so many other problems that need to be addressed, and if they're not addressed, it doesn't matter. Stanton and Judge could play 162 games and hit 162 home runs. This team is not, without the rest of the roster changing, not good enough. So after they lost Game 7 to the Astros in 2017, I wasn't even upset. I was, like, excited. I was like, I can't wait for fucking next season. I went to Toronto for opening day that year because I was so pumped about the year. And to think about where we are now... I couldn't if I told you what had gone on and I had a crystal ball and I said, Andrew, this is actually what's gonna happen in the next four seasons, you would have been like, Yeah, right. Like, no, this team's going on a run. You're gonna win at least one, maybe get a couple out of these guys. Instead, they haven't ever gotten back to where they were in 2017. One and a half, I would have put the over under at one and a half championships over the next four years, and I probably would take would have taken the over. <laughs> That's how high I was on that team. And I now was, look where we are. I was I was mainlining that team in this. <laughs> and now that you texted me last year, like, yeah, I don't even fucking watch anymore. I hate this team. Fuck this team. This season sucks. I hated that team in 2021. It's been unenjoyable since 2020. And, like, I understand the COVID and everything. It just was unenjoyable to watch this team for the past two seasons. Yeah. And right now you're going to be watching the same team again. And it will be unenjoyable until I see it different and until I actually see marked changes on the field and then I don't hear the same bullshit in the press conferences after, I'm going to assume this team's going to flop at the end of the season right. because, like, and why would I not think that? Brian Cashman at the end of the season said that uh, – he said the team was unwatchable at times. So how can you even think about running it back, to, to quote Brett Gardner? How can that even be a possibility? It we, shouldn't we, be. We've got the guys in the room that we need to win the championship. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe the guys in the pictures are hanging, you know, on the murals from the old from the old days. Those are the guys in the room, but it's not the guys in the room currently because no one in that room's ever won besides Brett Gardner, and he won so fucking long ago. He probably doesn't even remember what it was like. Aaron Boone's never won anything, so who are the guys in the room that can win or know how to win? Because they've never won anything. That is another thing that I think that the 17 team had that the teams after that didn't have, which is veteran leaders. I'm not even saying who won championships, but just like veteran leaders. Like other – Sabathia was there, obviously. But uh, Matt Holiday was on that team. Like a Ellsbury. Okay. <laughs> Chase Headley. Okay, stop. But like someone like Matt Holiday who – could have been there to be like, hey, guys, cut the shit already. Yeah. Like, I'm going to put you in a headlock if you don't start acting like a grown-up. Nope. There's always tomorrow. 
And and you never more so than when Chad Green was giving up like an eighth inning go ahead home run every fucking night in the summer this year, and he was like, "Oh, don't worry, tomorrow I'll be bad. I'll make a better pitch." And yeah, I get it. Like he, he fucked up sometimes, but it's the same restarted garbage from every person, and it comes from the manager who says it every time. And now for at least three more years, unless something catastrophic happens, which I, I don't want to sit through that, he's gonna be here. He's gonna be here, and I don't know. I, I hope that this thing gets finalized soon. I hope there's baseball back. I hope they do go crazy and sign a bunch of guys that'll make the team better. I just, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see how whenever this season starts, we're not seeing again what we saw last year. All right. So, like, what are the top three things that would make you change your mind if that they could do after the lockout ends? I mean, they they've missed both. Like to me, they've missed it. I I wanted them to so sign Corey Seager. Nothing they could do. I mean, if they sign Carlos Correa, it's like I don't like Carlos Correa. I don't I like, don't but like. yeah, he's a great player. He's a great player. But and and everyone's like, oh, you'll fucking root for him when he hits a big. Yeah, I will because that's just how being a sports fan works. That's how, la- that's how laundry works. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. I get it. You know, I didn't. You know, it's the same thing that went on with A. Rod and Johnny Damon and all that. But it's I just I, just I, have I, to look I at, with signing Carlos Correa, like they need to take a a pulse of that locker room. And right. Be, it, like. He is hated. Okay. Yes. Hated. So in the whole sport, the whole sport, sport, everyone, even though he might be the most talented option, is he the right thing for your team? Right. And that's like that. This team doesn't have like, yes, I understand the numbers say that he's the best player, but is he what the team needs? Like those should be two questions. You answer, not just one of them that they always seemingly just lean towards. Oh, well the numbers say he's going to be good. Well, is the team complimented by this player? And if the answer is no, then you shouldn't make that move. Right. And and I get it. He would make the Yankees ridiculously better. He's great. He's awesome. But like you said, he it's not just signing some guy. He has a lot of baggage and extra curricular shit that comes along with signing him. So then it's like, okay, do you want Trevor Story? And yeah, he's a good player, but you see these videos of what how he throws now to first base not so great it's like is he is he not going to be a shortstop long term because that's what they need and then if they don't get them shortstop i think he's another guy that you'd sign and a couple years later be like well does he have to move to third base does he have to right. move to first base so then you're banking on Peraza or Volpe and Volpe a year ago at this point was like no one was talking about him and now they're treating him about that's how prospects work though. Like that's how he was a first round draft pick. And like all of a sudden the guys have a big year in single A and he's top 15 prospect. Like, but he's, he's a long ways from New York. So, like, New York. and then you have Dominguez who like, who was getting all the hype. And then the people a lot watch him and they're like, Hey, he's not, he's not the next Mike Trout. It's like, so, but you, that's what I mean. You can't be banking on these guys. So right now the Yankees are built to win right now for as much as like we shit on them. Like, yes, this guy's hurt. This guy's hurt. Everyone is like right around 30 or on the wrong side of 30 on this roster. So if you're waiting on Peraza and Volpe, it's like, they're going to be probably with the next wave of people. Once this fucking thing is rebuilt again, right now, the Yankees need a guy who's played trust in the majors who can play, who can hit the Correa and story are the only two options left. So like they, if they think they're going to fucking win next year, like they have to sign one of those guys. I, I don't, um, I unless, disagree, I disagree, I disagree unless like you said, that. they go out and they get Freddie Freeman and they plug yeah. shortstop with someone else that can happen. But I think there's a better chance they sign Correa or Story than they can somehow get Freeman signing to leave Correa, Atlanta. Signing Correa or Story is the easier route. Right. 
but it's not the only route. Yeah, and I, I mean, maybe there's some trade with like a, you know, maybe they get Matt Olson and they get Chris Bassett and they and they do something with the A's where they're getting multiple players back. It's like, okay, but you can't you can't bank on those things because they're almost they're impossible to foresee also, or know they're going to happen. All of the hypothetical trade packages people come up with to the A's, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. The A's do not want Gio Urshela and Luke Voigt. They yeah, they want, want Peraza or Volpe or something they, like that. They <laughs> want your. They want three of your top five prospects. Okay, they don't right. want major league players. You yes. idiots. Yeah, they don't want Kyle Gashioka and Glaber Torres to to give up their starters. But so. so to me, what has to happen is what I just said. They need to make a deal where they're getting like multiple pieces back. That's the way to fix this team because the free agent options just they're not there anymore. They're not there. And they didn't why want to spend we, on Marte or Scherzer or anyone in. Why are we just taking from the A's who never win anything? The, <laughs> I don't know. Because the that's A's, what they do. The A's are the poor version of what the Yankees have been the past few years. But they're, they're a team that's clearly given up. Like they're not really they're not trying to contend next year. So really it's like good in the Excel spreadsheet. Wins 95 games and then will definitely lose in But the, the the A's will will trade Bassett and Olsen and all these guys and they'll still be right there for fucking the playoffs because they're just better at developing players. But I just I don't see like they need they run it back so they're go like is it free agency is it what you're saying get freeman and get a one-year stop gap or someone that's just who hits 220 but can play shortstop okay there's there's ways to do this i just i, I don't know I, I i think correa and story are like i don't think there's any chance that either of that happens i, I think Correa ends up like in houston or he goes to detroit or something but i don't a, see him he's like a, he's a boris guy so do you think he could sign like a one-year deal to just delay the market because like there might he be had such a good year though like that'd be so risky like but he's going who into this the, thing who are the teams vying for for him to sign him it would be like the yankees the astros detroit like well, but detroit, detroit already signed uh what's his name the um bias didn't they yeah but that's like they can just do what the mets did and put him at second or I know he had those like secret lunches Detroit. with AJ Hinch and I don't see Detroit spending another three hundred and twenty million dollars on on another free agent. Like I don't I would rule the You think that, but that people always talk about the small market Padres and they're out giving everyone four hundred million dollars left and right, Tatis, Machado, Hosmer. So like these teams can spend every team has the money to spend. It's every just every team can spend, but then three years later Maybe the Phillies, I don't know. Like they don't like Didi's Didi's done there, so it's there, there's there's options. There's always going to be an option for him. It's just, I don't know. I just, yeah, it'd be great if he if he's a Yankee and he helps them fine. But like you said, there's so much other shit, and it and it'd be if he doesn't do he he will be going into New York with a level of scrutiny like a Rod esque, where every at bat is like the biggest the last at bat of the season. I think he would be the first free agent in history to get booed in his first home at bat. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah, and so like that's a problem. And like, you, if I he, don't, if he does anything except get on base, he will get booed. Right, he could go three for three or three home runs. Next game, he strikes out first at bat. He's getting booed. Yep, yep. yep. So I does do you want it? Like, if you're a person, why would you sign up for that? You know, exactly. Like if and like I think he's a smart guy. I think like he. It'll be a miserable that. time for him. I think he would potentially not take the Yankees highest offer. If there was a close offer, just to not deal with the bullshit of that. Right. 
So like, oh, is your life going to be that much better because you're going to make 350 versus 330 million dollars? Nope, going to be exactly the same. Yeah, and you don't have to deal with go to a market, go to a market that doesn't really give a shit. Yeah, like, that's like, seriously what I would do. Like some players, like I think, probably just would thrive better in that, and they have much happier lives. Right. Like if you put Staten on the Padres, imagine what he would do there. No one calling sports radio stop every day on, saying it. I, I'm going to put my foot down. You got to stop shitting on Stanton so much. No, You're I'm not saying – hey, I'm not blaming Stanton. I'm just saying that type of guy where he's – ever since he became a Yankee, he's had that like like not A-Rod-esque and not what Correa would have. But he's right there. Like he has great games, and then the next day everyone shits on him again. So he he's handled it well. He's been great you know, as, as off the field and his media presence and stuff. But I'm just saying – that's the type of guy where, like, yeah, he takes so much shit from Yankees fans where it's undeserved, and I've, I'm part of the problem. I give it to him like that on social media, but it, that's why you have guys like Machado and Hosmer, and they signing these big deals in places like San Diego where no one gives a fuck. And it's nice weather every day, and no one's calling for you to be traded 24 hours around the clock. Like, that's, that's the life. That's what Correa should be looking for. Repeat after me. Giancarlo Stanton is not the problem. <laughs> He's not. I'm not saying he is the problem, but each season's a new season. So whenever the season starts, we'll we'll start it up again. But I don't know. I, I just think at this point, uh, it's I want baseball back, but maybe maybe be careful what you wish for because maybe when it comes back, we're getting the 2021 Yankees part two. That would suck. That would really suck. That would be extremely because I love I love getting excited for opening day and spring training like I'm a sucker for all that stuff. Yeah. And I don't think I'm going to be excited this year if it's <laughs> You you were I think the 2021 Yankees like took a big toll on you because I, when we I would text you like during the games and like you'd be like yeah I'm not I'm not watching right now like I don't like I, I hate always, this team. I hate I this team. I was always watching but it was not like I mean part of this is life, right? Like I I have a son now like you're you're a dad as well so you understand like there's other shit going on. But there was times in my life that if the Yankees were playing, I was in front of a TV or right. it was on the radio 100% of the game. Right? Like, unless obviously it's 10 to nothing or something like that. There were points in 2021 that I might just put it on in the fifth inning. And it's like, I'll catch up because I don't, I, this to me is not like killing me to watch this team. So I'm going to get to it after I'm done with all my other crap, basically. Right. And I think, that's because of expectations because like the 17th you're expected to be like last place like not contend not be good the 2021 team was supposed to go to the world series so i'll finish on this what is your expectation for the 2022 yankees like knowing that their roster is hopefully not complete is it like are you back in like it's world like they have to win the world series or like because right now they can't i agree right now they can't win the world series but this is a world series or this team has been World Series or bust since the day they traded for Giancarlo Stanton, okay? Right. It's been World Series or bust for four straight years, and they failed to do that. Now, I, it'll still be World Series or bust next year. If they don't make any changes to the roster, it's going to be bust because they're not going to win the World Series. And if they run back the same roster, it's going to be the exact same result. 90-ish wins, wild card. That will be the team. That's not good. <laughs> And, and, like, and it's like, oh, okay, well, wild card, then you could win that, and then you're right in it. But but they won't be good enough to beat all the other teams that are ahead of them. Like, they just won't be. Could they get lucky and win a series? Sure. But they're not going to win a five, and then a seven, and another seven-game series against elite teams. They're just not going to do it. Right. No, they're not. Well, there's no baseball, so 
we just talked to vet for an hour about really nothing because there's no there's no league there's no yankees there's nothing right now but andrew next time we talk hopefully you know next time we talk there will be baseball to talk about or there'll be a, a roster let's so yeah, we'll review do. we'll review let's what do. actually took place that's a good idea all right thanks again for coming on all right thanks again to andrew for taking the time to come on and talk about yankees baseball which doesn't exist right now and Way back when the lockout began, I said it was it was a good necessary break from the Yankees because to that point it's just been obnoxious, annoying, let down news from them every day. Whether it was watching the Red Sox get to the ALCS, watching the Astros get back to the World Series, watching the Yankees not sign any big name free agent, bringing back Aaron Boone, nothing good was coming from the offseason. So a break was needed, and that two plus month break now it's time to get things back. It's time to get baseball back. Will it be anytime soon? Probably not. But I'll be waiting, as will the Yankees fans, for when it does get back, and hopefully they revamp this roster. So that'll do it for today. I'll be back on Thursday, Monday and Thursday, from here until there's baseball. Thanks for listening. Talk to you on Thursday.